Separate Ways by Journey. Is that Classic. right? Yeah. That's great. How many memories and concerts we went to see Journey? Uh, the question is how many of them do we remember? <laughs> all, uh, all the best ones. Maybe you need HQ to take some notes about the concert while you're there so yeah, you make sure remember it. Definitely would have helped. The um, how about that leads the lead singer of Journey passed away, right? Yeah, I think what's so. his name? I Forget. Recall. Um, and then they had a a new person. Stand, I remember we saw I did with the, the new lead singer who happened to be Asian. Yeah, we were there, and uh, yeah, and it's like identical. Didn't skip a beat. Yeah, I don't think we were close enough. You know, to this stage. lead singer, we could have even might seen him be anyway. part Asian, but who knows? All, All right. right, music was just good. The times were just as good. We're going to do the... All right. Journey's the bomb, right? Definitely. Um, And life's kind of... And it's... I don't know if they thought about this. I'm sure they did. I was writing about it this morning and how important the journey is. It is. That's why we're here, right? That's why we're here. And then you go on to the next thing. You're still on the journey. And they're still on the journey. And then, you know, ashes to ashes, dust it up. You start as ashes and you end as ashes. So you basically start the same place where you began. So it's in the, the journey in the middle is what. Yeah, but the point is, like, really what, matters. Kind of, what kind of cool stuff or great experiences or great memories or interesting that's things what, that's happen. What, that's along what I'm the way. saying. The middle, the middle ground. Yeah. There's no end. There's no, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, Trevor Goss, Trevor B. Goss, correct? Yes. Middle name? You know that. Uh, but, but, but Benjamin Brian told you Brian <laughs> my bad it's been a while yeah. um, and uh, he's a really good friend of mine has been a good friend of mine since we were like 15 uh, as, as freshmen at Georgetown prep um, we actually met if you remember in the eighth grade. holy smokes that's right when Mario Day played Potomac yeah we lost mm. that game badly you can tell the story <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good to forget that story oh my god I realized I was on the wrong squad hey realize that uh, Trevor Giles realized if you can't beat him join him so <laughs> <laughs> we jo- we joined forces at Georgetown Prep on the gridiron. Had some great time there, and and in high school and parties and social and lacrosse and all that stuff, and just kept in touch. Yep, one of my closest friends. Um, and stoked you're here. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to Pillars of Community. So you've been working on this thing called HQ. I have. Uh, it's a um, no idea what that stands for. High yeah. high quality. It's, it's <laughs> it well, is high. Yeah, it's not there yet. You go. It's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tell yeah. the world but, about it. So very briefly, it's the world's first smart journal. And um, if you think about, if you think about that word journal. It's kind of a. Um, everybody's sort of familiar with what one is, but in the same way, we're always sort of wondering what you should put in it. And if you sort of look back historically, what have people used journals for? It's kind of for everything, but a lot of it boils down to like, what do you want to capture about your day-to-day life or your thoughts or who you're meeting with, who you're talking to, what you're thinking about in any one moment? It's kind of like just all about you. And um, I've had one like on a physical form for a number of years. And uh, my observation was that while those are good, there are a number of things that technology can do to help us that if you were to incorporate the best parts of technology with the construct of a journal, you could make something really, really, you know, so much better than our current understanding of it. And that was sort of the origin story and the thesis of HQ. And so essentially what I like to say about it is that it's sort of a, um, it brings together a bunch of different functionality that we, we are currently using and doing and things were, um, that we kind of need, but all under one roof. And so in that way, it's sort of like one app, but all of you. And it does uh, really a bunch of different things all under one roof. I'm sort of being vague about it, but that's sort of the easiest way to explain it. No, I mean, <clears throat> you've explained it to me, and it's uh, it's pretty slick, and it seems very practical. Um, so you, you basically, what can you not put? What, so you can put in your, your what you eat, right? Yeah. You put in your so meals, like food tracking. Uh, it's not a bad question. What do you not put in it, right? But we can get to that in a minute. Food yep. tracking, your workouts, workouts. Yep. Your schedule. Yep. For people, the day, people that you're talking to, so yeah. like contacts. Yeah. Um, 
what communications you've had with them. So like all that same data you'd put in like a, a CRM system, but this one's more designed for personal as opposed to like customer relationship management. Correct. Salesforce, San Francisco, they're, lar- they're largest, one of them. Yep. largest building in San Francisco. Uh, they are. It's pretty, it's pretty empty building these days. You just yeah. told me about it. Yeah. I didn't know that prior to half hour ago. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty empty building. You say, cause there's not many people in the office. I don't think that many people really want to go back. San Fran shut down. California uh, shut down. You know, it's it's a ghost town relative to what it used to be. It's actually so I was back there a couple months ago, and um, yeah, as you know, I spent uh, spent twelve years there, and it just it's a fraction of what it used to be. It looks completely, you know, completely different. It's um, it doesn't have that same sense of you know optimism, energy. That yeah, definitely, it's totally missing. It's just a. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of this is circumstantial today. I'm sure it's not the only city that looks that way. But in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of depressing. You just don't... The things that we used to associate with it, uh, that I mean, like kind of anything's possible, everything's possible sort of attitude, it's kind of not that anymore. Is it's, it not possible from afar? You, like, well, you don't, but you, the thing about it is you don't witness it, right? You don't walk down the street necessarily or, or happen into a conversation at a coffee shop or talk at the water cooler. I think what you're getting at is you're missing serendipity. Yeah, you that, and you're missing the evidence of creative energy yeah. with you, that you see with your eyes. You have well, to almost have have faith that it's happening through this network called the internet. Well, I think it's more like it's happening through the internet, but you have to schedule it. Like you don't just sort of stumble upon it, mm-hmm. right? Whereas mm-hmm. in um, in San Francisco, it's not the only city that you know used to be like this. But you know, you go to New York, and there's just sort of like a certain vibe to it. There's a certain energy to it, and you're like, it's infectious. You so you want to yeah. be around it, yeah. and then. You know, I haven't been to New York sort of in a post-COVID sense I yet. But, um, people, I mean, the people, some of my friends go there. I'm like, how was it? Like, they just went to Beijing, you know? Yeah. It's like, no way. You went to New York. That's cool. Right. Yeah. No, I know. And it's like, um, it's again, like, I've only been out in San Francisco once. And I left in November of last year. So it's been almost a year. Yeah. But, I mean, God, it, the place looks completely different. And yeah. I haven't been gone that long. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to see. But... You know, I think in a different way, it's probably a, um, you could look at the downside of it and say that, you know, all these things have gone wrong, all these things have changed. Or you could look at the upside and say that, no, they've just become distributed. Evolved. So, whereas, you know, opportunity and possibility used to be geographically concentrated, now it's more geographically distributed. And I think if you if you want to look at the other side of the coin that way, there's a lot of interesting opportunities that previously we wouldn't have really thought of in that way yeah it's um it, the world is becoming more and more practical i think uh, i love the, the serendipity is kind of i think one of those words that that it is how it sounds it sounds magical and beautiful and like pixie dusky or something like that a midsummer night's dream with the puck sitting on the branch um but like you know now it's like all right you don't have to drive anywhere you don't have to wear anything in particular necessarily working from home um, and you and you don't <clears throat> have the random conversations that could spark a, a the genesis of an idea just walking down the hall. Um, the, the the just the magic is some an element of magic has been sucked out, I think, of the world. Um, but you know you don't have to sit in your car for four minutes. But when you're in your car, you can listen to a cool podcast like Pillars of Community, like this one. <laughs> you know, yeah. I lament an element of the human element that's um, we've lost something. Subtracted. Yeah, we've lost something. Yeah, we've gained something too, but we've definitely lost something. And it, I guess, it just depends on your your lens on whether we're better or worse for that loss. And I think for everybody, that's different. Yeah, it it, it depends on the uh, depends on you yeah. exactly. And and then also like just kind of like tying back to the HQ, you know what a. I keep using the word practical, but I think that's the most practical word for HQ. It, it is. It's and um, then you in you, on your website. It's awesome. You're, it's slick. M- granted, um, millions of listeners. Um, it's still your HQ is still in development, right? Right. And the, the website it looks tight. You know the app. You're still trying to flesh out a little bit, right? Yeah, we're probably going to be uh, kind of up to a launch point by about the end of the year, which is it. actually really um, it's good timing. It's going to be a because- Christmas gift to the world. Well, hopefully. <laughs> um, if you think about it, though, a lot of people at the at the end of the year, yeah. like they start having those existential thoughts. Like, yes. how was my year? I want to look back and sort of review yes. what I did and how well I did or how well I didn't do. Hopefully, it's mm-hmm. not that. 
And then you also want to look forward and you got to say, all right, what are my plans for the next year? How am I going to improve, change, do things differently, yeah. maybe take a different outlook on, you know, a part of my life or what I'm doing or any of those kinds of things. And so in a way, I think it's actually the perfect time of year to be yeah. kind of going into that because that's all the stuff that it encapsulates. And then the question becomes like, you know, how do people, how do you, how do you take those ideas and put them somewhere where you can actually act upon them? I think that's yeah. kind of the main advantage is that like so often we have those thoughts, we have those, we make those plans, we intend to do this stuff. Yeah. And then we just don't yeah, because it's hard. And so the question I'd always ask myself, and again, I've done this for years, like if there were a place where you could put all that kind of stuff, like your plans for this year, the habit list you were going to attend to every day, the you know list of tasks that are on your list that have been there for forever, the you know people you meant to call and the conversations you meant to have and you know the workouts and the gym routine that you meant to schedule and you know keep up with if there was a place to keep all of that that would help us actually make it happen and get it done in a way that i think is missing right now and again i've mm-hmm. tried to cobble together solutions for this over the years so many different ways and you, you end up having to use this sort of um, this myriad of tools which doesn't work all that well. And I think that's that kind of complexity really is the the challenge that we have to overcome. So the kind of the, the founding idea here was to say, could you bring all that together under one roof and make it simple? Yeah. And the answer is like, you know, that's that's what you're doing. It's an incredible I would think it's an incredibly ambitious um aspiration. This thing of taking everything and kind of putting it under one roof. It doesn't sound easy to me. That's why it's been in development for so long. I mean, it, it also, I mean, you told me earlier, uh, right before we started recording, that um, it's sort of been a passion project in that you've thought about it. It's been in germination or it's been, you know, in the cocoon for, you know, years now. I've probably been thinking about most of the ideas that are in it for a decade or more. Yeah. And it was only in the last, like, well, it was really only in the last, like, two years that I got to a place. Uh, from just like a technical capability standpoint where I could actually build something like this. And then even when I started it, it was intended just to be sort of like an app for me. Mm-hmm. And what happened was kind of a weird story. I, I mentioned it to a few people and the more people I mentioned it to, I got this feedback that was totally strange. It was like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, I, I'd love to use that. When is it? Is it ready now? And I was like, gosh, like that's like really great to hear. And I got this like over and over and over again with probably like maybe 25 people that I just mentioned too casually, like wasn't even intending to like, you know, have uh, to, to tell them all the things I was planning on doing. But it sort of gave me some confidence around the idea that like maybe there were a lot of people that were experiencing the world the same way I was yeah. and sort of, go, you know, struggling with the same challenge of like, well, where do you put all this stuff? And so if a solution like that existed, it would sort of go into a kind of an unmet need that we currently have. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case. I mean, that's from the, you know, early testing that seems to be true, but, um, as you sort of, you know, get these things out there into the world, you always, you'll find things that work about it. Well, other things that don't work that well, you have to change them, fix them, improve them, optimize them, all that sort of stuff. So, so what can you, what, uh, what apps? So you, I, I asked you in the kitchen earlier, um, over my bowl of rice, vegetables and salmon, because I'm, I, you know, talk about existential sort of slap in the face was 40 it, and it took me a couple months for it to actually sink in in a way i'm like i just can't eat i work out most every day but i still can't eat every anything i want to yeah i mean I, i've never been like a fast food you know 15 meals a week sort of guy but i also haven't been you know eating i'm not even that health conscious with respect to food right so i need i need to eat better but I don't want to take away from where, uh, what I was going to say. Well, no, that's exactly, Go ahead. I think it's a great point. Because Thank you. So often, like, I don't know if you've done this, but I've definitely 40. Done you're 40. It's like, you know, it's harder. To, it's harder to keep everything where you want it. Well, I think where you're going is we uh, like when we we're 25. If you were eating the wrong things, you didn't notice it. Yeah. Right. Your body just sort of overcame all of it. Mm-hmm. No matter, you know, if you gave it a. Uh, too many adult beverages or the wrong kinds of food or yeah. you know, all that, but um, more it do- resilient. We'll it doesn't quite back. doesn't quite go that way anymore, and um, I think that's uh, that's definitely a driver of it for sure. Um, I think the well, as I was telling you before we started recording, the um, just in my own use of it this year, I just today actually got to my two thousandth workout set of the year, and I'm thinking back on times when I was like, why two K? 
when I was doing a lot of working out, like, you know, high school days and stuff like yeah. that, like, I don't know that I got that many even then. Yeah. And the only reason I know that I have that many now is because I have a means of keeping track of it. With you know, And you're in competition with yourself. There's a great line from, um, did you ever see the, um, it's not the most recent, recent couple Rocky movies with Michael B. Jordan, but it's the last one before that. Rocky where, five. I think it's actually like, I think the it's before Rocky. Creed. I, I know what you're talking called Rocky Balboa. It's and it's Rocky that Balboa. great speech yes. that he gives to the young kid. Right. His gonna, son. Yes. Yep. So uh, there's well, there's that speech. Actually, I, I'm, I'm realizing it's the wrong movie. So it's actually in Creed, the one I was going to okay. say. So it's the first Creed movie with Great Flip, Michael B. Jordan, one of, the, one of my favorite movies of the Rocky series. So he's got this... Michael B. Jordan, if you remember, is trying to like convince Rocky to train him at all, right? Yeah. And Rocky's sort of resisting it for a minute. And he finally like, agrees to do it. And one of the early lessons that he's got to teach him is actually not so much even a boxing lesson. It's more of a mental one, right? Mm-hmm. And he has him stand there in front of the mirror. And he doesn't even have gloves on at the moment. He's uh, kind of like, well, <laughs> what was this about? And the scene, he's trying to tell him, like, listen, it's you against you. And I think so often, like, that's really the, you know, a, a way we need to look at um, our day-to-day life Everything. is like, how do we get a little bit better today than yesterday? And, um, you yeah, know, I read this great book and I'd highly recommend you do it as well. Um, it's called Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. I've probably read it seven or eight times now, but um, he has a great quote in there, which sort of goes to this this whole point of like, it says, uh, you don't rise to the level of your ambitions, you fall to the level of your systems. And, you know, kind of what he's getting at with that is that if you don't have systems, that you are, you know, adhering to, that you've built, that you've developed over time, it's hard to really succeed. And I think if you look at, if you do a deep dive and look at like any, you know, successful person, you know, take the greatest athletes, the greatest coaches, the greatest, you know, titans of the business world, whoever they might be, musicians, whatever it is, in their own way, each of them has a system, right, that they rely on to kind of get to that peak performance level. Like, let's take like Tom Brady as an example. I mean, that guy has systems upon systems, right? I mean, you're not still playing in Super Bowls at age 43 without that. I mean, there's just, there's no way. And I think if you do that same analysis of any other kind of person, you find that, you know, the systems might be different between people. They each have to sort of figure them out for themselves, but they, they all have them. And if you, if you ask the next question, well, you know, why do you have them? It's so that they can do what they're doing better the next day. Right, so it's it's that idea of consistent and co- continuous improvement. Imagine a imagine like um, Shakespeare, right? What if you gave him a P, a PC or a laptop? What he could have done, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if he, they didn't they didn't even I don't know if they had they didn't have typewriters back then, but he would do everything by hand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That, that's a crude example. What if you what if you like all right, um, uh, Einstein? <laughs> you don't have any chalk or paper to write any of this stuff down on. Sure. That's the, that's kind of more of a direct sort of a correlation to what we're talking about here. Being able to write things down and then also being able to access certain information that you want to find quickly. And that's the HQ. It's it's definitely that part. So um, how many times I have this are sorry. Yeah. Uh, I have this this uh, journal here. It's a it's a calendar. I write notes in it. I where my reflections in it. It's my everything. Yeah. And it's for it's quarterly. I got another one right there, the purple one. But how many times I'm like, golly, I have this idea or a quote, but I don't remember where it is. And you flip back through it. It's time consuming. And, and romantically, you're like, oh, it's kind of cool to like look back on each day and like, oh, that, yeah, I wouldn't have found someone upon this reflection if I wasn't looking for the an X quote, but it still takes me 20 minutes practically. Yeah. Because it's not digital. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the advantages of it being digital is you save that part of the problem. There are times when pen and paper are absolutely the right tool. Like, yeah. I use pen and paper, too. Well, yeah. What you're saying, let me maybe you tell me if I'm wrong, is that you're not trying to replace the pen and paper journal. This is just, an, like, an, um, you know, uh, another tool that replace a little bit, but you, you know, can have I, both. I think a good analogy is, like, if you think about where we... When you, when we got the smartphone, mm-hmm. and we, so we went to the, from the regular phone, you know, flip phone, you know, mm-hmm. early cell phones to the smartphone, that was like a hundred X improvement, maybe a thousand X improvement. What we even thought of as a phone changed entirely. And I would argue like 
back in the day, we used to think of a phone as doing like pretty much one thing. You called people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember those days. Yeah, it's funny. You right? say, hey, where's my iPhone? And it's like the phone is not even used as a phone. That's anymore. what I'm saying. Like we only use the phone as like one little part of a, you know, multifaceted device that can do hundreds or thousands of things. And I think that's kind of where it is. It's like there will always be that component of like the writing part, like what you're talking about. It's just that as we move from the journal to the smart journal, we're going to get all these other capabilities that were previously unimaginable that will kind of go with that. So it's not necessarily replacing it. It's more saying that's one thing among many now. Yes. You do both. It it augments the experience in a way. Um, So so it it would take... I'm just looking at my iPhone, right? Uh, what what apps? What what, what I was going to say about the kitchen before I got sidetracked about um, existential forty year olds here um, <laughs> is, that, is that like, hey, you know what? What's the, what about the argument of I already have enough going on on my phone? I already look at screens enough. I like looking at pen and paper because it gives my eyes a break. Yeah, I, that's it's a fair point. Um, I, so the. I think a lot of people have this with like app fatigue yeah. where there's just, I got so many, I got a different app for and everything. And, yeah. And then you're not hungry for your entree. <laughs> but I'm t- all right. Sorry. So think about, uh, think about that old Apple commercial where they used to tell us, there's an app you know, there's an app for that. Yeah, yeah. There's an app for that. Yeah. There's an app for in like, you know, they go on and on and on. Yeah. What they didn't really tell us, or we didn't understand at the time was what they meant is that there's a different app for that. And I think that's where we started to go wrong is that, if I've got to use a different system for all these different uses, that's where you get it gets confusing and gets annoying. You're like, okay, like I don't need to have 40 different apps to do 40 different things. I want to have one that can do a lot of stuff under one roof and it keeps it simple as opposed to have to live with all this complexity. And so I, actually in a way, like what you're saying is sort of where I started with this is that, you know, as a as a tech guy, I mean, I sort of live in an app world anyway, but I still value simplicity as much as the next person. I don't want to have, you know, 20 different ways to do something. I want to have one good one that works. And I think that's really where a lot of the motivation to build something like this was, was just like simplifying down, having things work the way I wanted them to and the way I thought they should. And, you know, making that sort of, you know, some of those possibilities come to come to fruition. And like, so HQ, I don't know if we even mentioned it, but it stands for headquarters. Um, and which is, I love it. You, know, you you make the astute point. Like, what other sort of like things are just like two letters? You get something down to two letters. Simple. Is there what else? You know, yeah. there are a couple other acronyms like that, but that's definitely one you'll hear. HQ. A lot. Yeah. Um, and so ba- the, the idea is that you can hit your HQ app, or you bring it up on your desktop, and um, you don't have to use other apps like what, like calendar or notes or. You, you probably would still use a calendar because it does a lot of things outside of this. Um, and I would say the reason for that is simply that there are a lot of calendars that are already done pretty well. So I didn't go and duplicate that part. But I would say like, you know, the notes app on the phone, a lot of it's like stuff that you actually can't do any other way. Like one of its features is it has a digital business card. And there are a couple apps for that, but none of them are really very good. And you always have to like pull something else up separately. You have to generally pay for all these things separately. And that's another problem. It's sort of like, if you have a bunch of these different subscriptions going, it does start to add up after yeah. a while. You got yeah. 10 bucks here, 15 bucks there, you know, 20 bucks there. And by the time you look up, you're like, geez, I'm paying like 200 bucks a month for all these apps. Like, you know, to do what? Um, we didn't even get into the workout one. Sometimes those are like, I've seen some of the, you know, workout apps that are like 35 bucks a month. And you're like, that's kind of a lot for a workout app, right? Yeah. Um, you can so, pay for the gym and all that. And yeah. It's an unnecessary expense. So, yeah, it kind of, it, it combines a lot of that under one roof. And then, uh, again, so there's, there's sort of like taking the things you already know. And then there's the stuff like, you know, food tracking, which is either very difficult or impossible right now. I mean, there's some apps that do that. But then, you know, your next question becomes, well, what do those apps integrate with? How do I get my... How do I get my data from, you know, silo A to silo B where I might want it? And that's a whole different, you know, set of challenges with that, that we're, you know, the industry wide, there are, you know, any number of solutions for, but again, you still have this problem. And I kind of look at it as like, um, you know, there's a quote I'm fond of from Elon Musk where he says, you know, the best part is no part. 
And, you know, the best solution to the problem of getting your data from point A to point B is not having to get it from point A to point B, Mm -hmm. having it all be in the same place already. Have it all be in between A and B. Well, or, 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 case or, I, or yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> Put them together in the place AB. Yeah. Um, I got you. Sometimes I'm, when I write, I'm writing my to-do list, um, I would be like, why even write it down? Let's just do it right now. You know, it's almost like yeah. the, the one touch idea. I don't even heard of that, you yeah. know, you know, just, oh, I got a bill. I'm going to put it in the stack. No, pay the bill right now. Yeah. So it doesn't accumulate. So, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Cause you were punching in stuff on your computer right before we started doing this. And I'm like, I don't know, you just call the person, but you can't, you, they're not 10 of you. There's like one of you that can do one thing at a time. Well, there's that. And there's also the, uh, looking backwards part. So again, one of the, one of the reasons that people use a journal is also to capture things they've done. Yeah. And here's the, here's the cool part about this. A lot of the, a lot of the historical figures that we know and know of and speak their names and learn about them in school and stuff like that. One of the only reasons we know what they thought is because they took the time to write it down. So, like, you know, you can go through, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson's writings and know all the things he thought about, you know, various subjects of the day. And all those thoughts comprised, you know, one of the most famous documents in the history of mankind. And, you know, people like that. I mean, how do we know what uh, Sir Isaac Newton thought back in the day? Because he took the time to write it down. And those works survived. And we were able to read them. And so I kind of look at it that way as well. It's not so much necessarily just productivity today for productivity's sake. It's also sort of like an artifact of your life of like, you know, what have I been doing with my days? We're only here for, you know, so many days anyway. You want to make them count. Like, what did I do today? What, What did I do last year? You know, when was the last time I talked to this person? What did I say? What did they say? You know, things like that where um, I think there's, there's actually just as much value, possibly even more value in that retrospective of looking back as there is in saying like, you know, this is purely about what I got to do today or what I want to think about today. That it, it, it lights the way, you know, that's why I would think that's why I've enjoyed history. Um, uh, uh, you almost like you look at yourself in order to figure out what the next step for you, you mm-hmm. know, um, because uh, and that was a whole phrase of history is going to repeat it. You better study it, you know? Yeah. Or history, I like a better one. It's like history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Um, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Cause it's not obviously identical, but it's similar. Cause it, okay. it okay. sounds similar. It rhymes. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Um, but uh, the most important history is the personal history is like, you know, well, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Uh, so this is, you know, a couple months ago, my, uh, my father and I were down in the basement of uh, his old house and we're going through some stuff. We're doing one of these like, you know, basement projects. You know how those go. You have boxes upon boxes. No one's looked at them in 20 years. Yeah. And he has these like couple boxes worth of old uh, letters that my grandfather wrote to my grandmother and, and vice versa. This is during World War II, like in the Pacific. And it's amazing to be able to like look through and see these as a contemporary, you know, sort of accounting of what was going on in like 1943. Like it's just, it's cool to see it. It's it's a little hard to read his handwriting, but um, you know, the only reason we were able to even understand things he was thinking about all that time ago was because he and she took the time to write it down in the form of a letter. There's a bunch of stuff like that. Um, there were travel journals. There were stuff that, uh, you so know. I, I got it right. Go yeah. Ahead. You go ahead and finish. No, I was going to say, I mean, like, I think we, you know, the the sad part to me about the modern, like, digital age is that so much of that from an artifact standpoint is lost, right? Like, people used to take the time to write letters to each other. And as a result of that being a physical object, they usually saved it and it survives today. But fast forward from now, like, I mean... 30 years from now, 40 years from now, are like, are we going to have very much of that? Probably not. So I think there's, there's probably, there's a space in there somewhere for, you know, uh, some degree of these things being artifacts. They're not just transactional as in like we exchange them today for a purpose of information exchange. And like, think about like your average text message, like no one is that important with we're sending thousands, right? Well, back in the day, letters used to be more scarce. They were much more cherished. It took more time. People took more time to write them. It's harder to do. It was harder to do. It was harder to get them from point A to point B, you know, especially during a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people saved them. And I think it's because people saved them in, their, in, a, in a way that's accessible 
to us now. You know, we can pick, open a box and read them. It's just really cool to almost go back in time that way. And again, I use the example, of, you know, just my grandfather. But again, think about the famous people over the course of history whose work survived yeah. that we could go and read. Like, you know, Leonardo da Vinci had a ton of this stuff that, you know, we were able to read in posterity. And it's like... I you can understand exactly what that guy's thought processes were at the time. Well, close enough. Um, as best as our pedestrian yeah. brains can. Um, but, and you're saying that HQ will help with this. My, my it gives you a place for it. A place for it. My sort of deal is not my deal, but it may, a, a counter would be, all right, you have your iPhone technology makes things awfully simple. And what you said about text messages, you, you send a hundred in a day. How important is just one? And then you take maybe say a hundred pictures in a day. And then once you take the picture, you almost kind of forget about it. Yeah. Um, and you have unlimited data. So you don't have to necessarily erase if you don't want to. Um, and then it just, you get it, you, you capture it and you move on and you don't even think about it. I mean, what I personally like about this journal is I have four of them over there. And sometimes I grab it and I look back and because I see it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's something material that um, I, I, I could walk by and be like, well, wait a minute, let me, let me, you know, look at that and leaf through it. And without, I mean, again, that's kind of more of a romantic notion. It's not necessarily a pra- practical, but it's a practical way to have things in front of you that remind you to, hey, take a moment and look at your past. Yeah. You know, same with maybe like DVDs, you know, nobody does DVDs. I kind of like them. You know, because you like, you know, you walk, if you, you walk by you, you, or, or you books on a, a bookshelf, I do. It's like, oh yeah, let me, let me just look. All right. Yeah. That, that strikes me right now. Yeah. I'm going to read, I'm not reading more piece. Well, I'll read I the think, Iliad. You know? I, I think to the earlier point, it's not necessarily an either or it's a both. Now you're talking to me, baby. Right. Fine. So it's like, you know, if you're, uh, if you like doing it in your book and want to write it down that way, great. I, I keep doing that. I, I guess the main point I think that is. Um, what I perceive as a challenge for many people is that there is a lot of this kind of stuff in their life that they want to keep track of, but there's not a great way to do it. I understand. And as a result, it doesn't get done. Yeah. And so that's where we're like, we're missing that artifact. Now, in your case, you have that artifact and you already are, you know, comfortable with doing it. And I would say, Hey, if you're already doing that, great. And if that works for you, awesome. So much the better. Um, so again, it's not necessarily like you, it's, it's this or that it's more like, you know, I think they both coexist. Be open to the idea. Yeah. I mean, yes, I agree. Um, so you've enjoyed the process working on this sucker. Yeah. It's been a How many man hour. Oh God. Uh, you working on it for about 11 months now. <laughs> and, uh, it's very much a labor of love. Um, it's great. I taught myself how to, uh, how to build uh, tech products, you know, web applications, stuff like that. And uh, I would say just as much of the benefit is in the learning process of like how to do it. But it also, it's um, it's pretty cool when you can go from something that you sort of had as an idea in your head to actually being able to translate that to the screen. Yeah. Uh, I w- I, it's only like the last yeah, couple that- of years I was able to do that. And it's, as I mentioned before, it's sort of like when you first learn to read. Yeah. It's, it's really like that powerful. Yeah. It's a, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday and she's like, I just, I just got my real estate license and it's like, I can't believe it. I'm a realtor now. And it's like a lot of thought and work and time and tests and, uh, thoughts and dreams and stuff and it become when you when it coalesces into a reality it feels got to feel really good um yeah. well it's like i mean that's kind of the nature of anything right like if it if it took great work to achieve it or to get it or capture it or whatever it is it's sort of like the the intrinsic value of the journey to get there is also part of the ultimate benefit right i'd say that i'd say the outcome is the ancillary benefit of the journey yeah, that's always that's always my my philosophy. Um, it's everything is the journey, you know. Win, loss, whatever. I mean, it's, it's convenient for people to say that when they lose. Well, hence why we started the show with journey. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Because <laughs> it is the journey. Exactly right. You know, it's the grinding to like make something. Hopefully, it, it, it you know it becomes something, and people download it and they subscribe, um, and you make money. 
and you buy a house or whatever and you have a family. Um, that's the, but it's like, I think the sharpening of those tools, like cr- crunching your brain and figuring out how to, to outfit this website in a slick way, which you've done is like, that's, that's the king, right? That's the real reward right there. It's definitely been, it's just, uh, it's there's been a couple drops into, into yeah, your soul. Probably been about 10 times where I hit a wall and I was like, oh man, like there's, there's something I want. There's something I want to build or a way I want to build it. And I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would say that every time that happened and I had to kind of go back and ask like, okay, like I want this to work this way. How do I figure out how to get from where I am now to where I, I want to be? The value in overcoming that particular challenge, and again, anyone who's ever done engineering sort of uh, grapples with this every day. It's always really the, the case where you're you're in constant like figure it out mode. But every time you climb that mountain, it's actually a, a huge reward just, you know, from a psychological standpoint where you're like, you know, yesterday I didn't know how to do this today. I do. And I got from, you know, where I was to where I am now. It's like, it's a great feeling. It's, it's almost in the same way of like how a, uh, how a kid learns. You know, they learn how to do something they didn't know how to do yesterday and they feel really good about themselves because of it. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's just like that. But that's the nature of the work. You're constantly like, you know, doing that because there's any number of hurdles that are going to come up where you're like, oh, geez, I'm really hitting a wall on this and, and I got to get to the other side. And it's like you don't really hurdles are tough. You have to jump over them. You know, it's easier to it's easier to just to run straight over like, around hur- through. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. It, it, it's it's difficult. It, 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 and once you flex your brain and you start to engage it, I always I always think that the first step is the hardest, you know? Yeah. Like right before you came, I was going to, I, I run probably five days a week. And, uh, but I was like, I put my shoes on. I, I just procrastinate, you know? It's like, I, I got to take out the trash. Hmm. I should, I should load the dishwasher. I, I should load the laundry thingy. Um, because the, taking the step to go running is like, I don't know. It's difficult. Um, the whole the whole process is not running is not you know um it's not you know pleasure uh, giving like you're you know having a um, fruit roll up or something uh or getting a massage um but once you start doing it it's like what am i even thinking about this is not bad you know what i'm saying it's just like the, the change is, is tough for human beings absolutely and what the change i'm talking about is like flexing your brain to figure out how to to Make sure the link connects to where you want it to go. I don't know how it's done. I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm going to go to this foreign different website or source. Maybe I call someone on the phone. It's a, it's a series of steps like that. I would um, it's like, you know, I'd almost equate it to... Uh, imagine if you were to go on a... Okay, you went on a road trip over the summer, right? I did. Okay. So let's just say that when you went on that road trip, you sort of knew where you wanted to end up, mm-hmm. but you didn't have a map and you hadn't like GPS it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You just had a vague idea like, okay, I want to go over here. You know, you, you went to you know New Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's assume you start out on this journey and the only way you can get there is you got to kind of figure things out along the way. And that might mean you're driving for a little while. And you're like, okay, I know it's more or less like I got to go southwest. Mm-hmm. What am I going to start like looking at the sun and figure out where I am in the world? I mean, okay, that's one possibility. Then you might drive for a little while and you pull over and you're like, hey, listen, I'm trying to get to here. Do you know how to get there? And the person might tell you, well, listen, I think you're pretty far away, but <laughs> you know, like, generally speaking, keep going this way, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a series of steps just like that that get you closer each time, a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. It takes a while to get there, right? It's not going to be done in one step. It's not going to be done in two. It might not be done in 25. But each step gets you a little bit closer to where you wanted to be. And the point is, is that you had to figure it out in each case. There wasn't like a wise old sage to call and ask or anything like that. It was like that that kind of intrinsic value of like you have overcome this thing. You're not just following like the GPS. And right. That, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to yeah. Anyone can figure it out. And that's sort of like the merit of before the whole GPS existed. It's like people knew areas better. Yeah. People knew streets better because you had, you thought about it and by thinking about it, it's kind of seared. It's an element of permanence um, more so than just listening to um, the Siri or whatever it is. Tell yeah. you take a left here, take a right here. I don't even, I don't even know the need to know the name of the street. Think, think about this one. Remember when we used to remember somebody's cell phone number? Yeah. Because 
there wasn't a great way to like yeah note that down in yeah. the phone or or if there was it took you like too many keystrokes to get to where you yeah. know, where that number was saved Correct. so you just sort of remembered it and dialed it yeah but it, now i guess it's it's freed up our brains to do other things <sighs> for better more loftier yeah exactly right to find that right um i actually knew a uh a lady one time that this is probably back in the she's older than me but she told me stories about back in like the 80s of driving out west and she knew she wanted to go out west so she based, so she just followed the road signs that said west she, event, to get she eventually got to where she was going um she got to like you know wyoming and she's like right, i know i'm in wyoming i, I want to be in colorado so I, I have an idea colorado south so i'm gonna start following south signs <laughs> anyway uh it goes off what you're saying i'm just like you know well, right. And Always so, keep, keep the brain, keep the brain active. You know? So there's keep an argument from, to be made that you know you could have probably got there faster if you just followed a map. If you have, you yeah, know, exactly. But right. then the the counter argument to that is to say that sometimes there's not a map for where you want to go. Yeah, right? I, agree. I mean that's where, uh, um, you know, if we go all the way back to like you know Columbus's era, and there was no map for how to get to the New World. Right. We didn't even know if there was a New World. You know, most people were sort of saying at the time, okay, we're pretty sure the world's round, but there was still some you know flat Earth believers then a lot of them in fact mm -hmm. and you know there were the people that were saying hey if you sail out all the way out there you're going to fall off the edge of the earth you know and you had people like him saying no i'm pretty sure it's round and we're going to prove it in this little journey of ours mm -hmm. and um you know you but there wasn't a map it's like they had to make it up along the way and there's and faith in yourself and faith in your crew and faith in like the 40 years that we've lived on this earth that we've built a, a solid quiver of weapons and tools to to be able to disarm the task sometimes more than others yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's, it's healthy confidence is very important and the longer you live on the earth hopefully you'll have experiences win lost i don't really give a you know but learn you know the learn and you put another arrow in the quiver because you know there's going to be something probably down the road or the trail or the path that you need you need that arrow for you know, well, there was a uh, I, I got some sage wisdom out of one of the uh, books I read recently where the guy was saying it was like a lot of people mistake the uh, the concept of, you know, trying to win the game. And with a lot of things, that's true. Like, you know, for playing a football game, obviously the game's to win. The object is to win the game, score mm -hmm. more points than the mm -hmm. other guy. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's other, you know, uh, constructs and other mental models where the goal is not necessarily to win the goal. The goal is to stay in the game. Mm. And it's a hard thing to think about that way. So basically not to lose. Well, basically to, con to uh, continue playing. Yeah. Right. So, but you, some people are eliminated, correct? Well, I, I think what I'm more getting at on it is like, so imagine like, uh, like we're, we're sitting here on a Thursday, right? Yeah. Well, there's going to be a Friday, right? We got to get up and do this whole thing again tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day, and each day is kind of like its own we battle. Get, we get to, yeah, we get to, and so it's like you know the goal is to keep, you know, is to stay in the game, to keep playing. It's not necessarily to win it on any one day. Obviously, you want to, you know, I think you, it's you know, useful to treat every day as it's a, almost like a separate lifetime, right? But it, it's kind of like the goal is to have the next day come up. Right. And be able to be able to uh, do something with it, whatever that thing is. Yeah, I like that. It's a, I think it's a healthy outlook, you know, because um, there's a, it, without being morbid. It's like if you're not playing in the game the next day, that means you're out of the game, which means you're no longer here. Correct. So, so yeah. And you know what? And I, I don't think you're going this direction. It's not like it's not like just like, hey, get through the day. Get through the next. Just get, don't get through it. You know. Yeah, it's not survive. It's not survive. It's thrive. It. Yeah. Um, there's a cool quote, um, Muhammad Ali. Um, I know. Um, I know the outcome of the fight before the first bell rings by basically how I trained. Mm -hmm. You know. Doesn't. I mean, you can just skip the fight. You know. He he would know. It's just it's just placing the emphasis again on the process or the journey, and oh, I want. Um, here's a little reward. The real thing is like is the getting there. Well, if you think about it, like the Rocky movies, were always great at that, right? Because what's the best part of every Rocky movie? 
the tra- training, training montage. montage. <laughs> yeah, everybody, right? It's the training montage. Oh, that's right? such a good point. The music starts yeah. up. Like, that's why you watch the whole movie. Uh, After he goes to that training montage and he's like, you know, chasing chickens in the yard and he's lifting, you know, these big, you know, railroad ties and all the other kind of like, you know, um, outdoor type of lifting and working out he's doing while the other guys are in their fancy gyms. Drago! And you're sitting there going like, okay, this dude is literally hitting the side of a cow that's hanging up in a cooler. <laughs> there is no possibility he's losing this fight. You know that, like, you know, Apollo Creed does not stand a chance after you've watched this scene where he just beats the crap out of this thing. Out of a dead cow carcass. Yeah. Make the ribs bleed and all that. Right. And then probably take some of that cow and he has it for dinner. Because right. <laughs> he's there, poor. You're sitting there going, I almost feel sorry for this guy. He has no idea what's about to hit him. Oh, my gosh. I love how you said the training montage. Oh, but no, but the, the final fight. But we both understood. We both said it almost at the same time. The training montage. It's it's the journey. It's the process of getting there that is the drama. Couldn't say it any better, bro. I love it. Well, this is actually, it's a, um, Hollywood uses this model a lot. Like, uh, you familiar with the man in the jungle? Man in the arena, the quote. Well, it's a great quote, but <laughs> so the man in the jungle thesis of like, um, scripts and movies and stuff like that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. it's actually what creates a lot of the drama of stuff you watch. It's because you tune in and you keep tuning in for the purpose of trying to understand this man is running through the jungle and this, you know, mythical lion is after him. And the reason you watch is because you want to know, does he make it out of the jungle or not? Or does, right. he get, does he get eaten by the lion? Like, that's what we want to know. We want to know, does this person succeed or do they not succeed in whatever their kind of their quest was? And, you know, obviously that looks different in a lot of cases, right? So take a movie. Um, see, uh, you, you saw the movie The Martian? I did. Okay. Great flick, right? So what's the whole man in the jungle there? We want to know, does it's Mark Watney get off Mars and get home or not like that's the whole point of the movie all the things that happen in there are just sort of like indicators one way or the other oh these oh he's not going to make it no actually now he is oh i know and now he's not going to make it again like that's the drama and but what we really want to know is like does he make it and that's where we have to tune in to watch and that's that whole uh thesis and so in a way it's like uh sort of getting back to the app for a second like i wanted a way to capture that drama Right, like if you ever notice, like um, let's take a show like uh, take like Entourage. You mm-hmm. ever just wa- watch Entourage a little bit? Okay, so the first like maybe let's say five seasons of Entourage were great. Right, there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was like it had like a cool hip factor to it. By about season six and onward, it got pretty lame. And here's the reason why: Vince, the main character, had kind of like quote unquote made it. The, the the drama and why we tuned into watch talking about the main character not the main, main actor the main character okay yeah. he kind of like made it in Hollywood at that point he was like a big actor he was going to get booked on his next job like you know he was sort of he'd made it out of the jungle yeah right to use our metaphor so you you kind of stop tuning in at that point You're like okay like I kind of know what's going to happen here yeah. right it lost all the drama of why we wanted to watch in the first place because he had quote unquote made it he had succeeded he had like accomplished this quest but the first five seasons weren't like that it was very much in doubt like was he going to make it or not and like he had little fits and starts okay he's in this movie and that's cool and then something bad happens in like a couple episodes later and then there was another good thing and then another bad thing it was you know back and forth almost yeah. like, a, you know, like a heavyweight fight but that's like why we watch right we want to know like what happens Does you, want him, you want him to stay in the jungle well that's what I'm saying for, su- for sustainable viewership uh, if we're talking about a movie, absolutely. You want to keep them in that period where we're not really sure what happens. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm talking more about like a show or yeah. whatever. I'm thinking so, Saved by the Bell. I don't want them to graduate from uh, well, it's like Mr. Belding School. Let's use the most famous example. They want them stuck in time. Look at The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Bart Simpson is like 40 years yep. old at this point, right? Yep. Or he should be in people yep. years. Yep. But he's still like, I don't know, eight or you nine or whatever yep. he is. Exactly right. Um, and oh God, I saw a horrifying metric. Like if you equated the Simpsons years to people years like how old they all are and you're like oh god don't don't show me that again <laughs> yeah but there's still but it's, it's, there's a lot of truth to that yeah so in, in a way like I think that um, once once something is sort of resolved you kind of move on to the next sort of puzzle or thing that might pique your brain 
You know, once once yeah. what I'm saying is once the person's out of the jungle, you look for something, some other sort of jungle scenario for, the next jungle. for your brain to plug into. Now, what if you had a place where you could record all those jungles that you went through? In right here on the podcast. That's exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> HQ, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the idea. It's like yes. we all go through these jungles. We all are, you know, that man running through trying to escape the lion at various points. Yeah. The question is. How can you relate that to somebody else after the fact? Can you even remember it yourself in all the cases? Do you have a place to capture it? That's you know sort of one of the big themes. Yeah, and it's not it's not going to happen uh, unless you plug into it. You know, unless you, uh, in my case or in some people's cases, writing it down. Um, I think this is a really what I'm uh, toot my horn. Whatever the podcast thing is cool for me. Yeah, uh, I look back. I look back to February podcast with what was your first one? Uh, these two eighth graders. Uh, I, I was tutoring them right there, and I had all this equipment. And I'm, I'm like, and we're all just looking at it, and there's like some silence. I'm like, what? Should we set it up? They're like, well, yeah, let's set it up. So I set it up, and as I did an eight minute podcast with these two eighth graders, they're now freshmen of prep. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a way it's a means of um recording your life. Yeah, with an um, artifact. It's, a, it's, an art, it's an audio, sometimes visual. It needs to be visuals because the, 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 if we're losing these visuals, ladies and gentlemen, Trevor and I, we're not seeing us you know, in the flesh. You're not getting the whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah, you're right. HQ is a, is a great way to do it. You know, I, Again, like if you buy, buy into it and then you punch in the information, right? And if you do that, um, invariably, like what I what I like. Oh shoot! What I like is the idea of it, something written down is something done. What, what what is the quote you had earlier? Maybe that you said to me. Do you remember which one? I don't know. Something about writing things down. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this is just an observation I had, and I think it's been written down in a few books and places too. You got to write stuff down. The, the observation was like, you know, why do peak performers you know, pick any type of them? Uh, why do they keep track of what they do? And the answer is so they can do it better the next time. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. I mean, you know, take anyone you want. Take the best. Take like a Warren Buffett type. Take like, uh, you know. Well, Warren uh, Sapp. Probably Warren (laughs) Sapp too. Well, actually, sports is a good example of this. Yeah. So in many cases, like the athletes don't necessarily write down what they're doing because they're out there performing on the field, whatever the field is. But somebody else is writing it down for them. And think of like, um, think of baseball as an example. It's a very, you know, statistics driven game. Right. There are stats upon stats upon stats of people compiling data about performance. Right. I mean, like, that's just the nature Money of the ball. game. And it's exactly right. Like, why Why do you need to keep track of all this stuff? Because these little differences in performance matter. And you're trying to get 1% better each day and a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. But um, it's absolutely, I think, in the did case. You, of, did, I, did I tell you that quote? What did you see that from me, or do you come out with one percent better every day? Well, that book I mentioned to you, Atomic Habits, that's sort of the main. Uh, main I, po- I posted that. Do you ever see my quotes I put up there? Um, I hadn't seen that one, but I have a bunch of my own. That one's definitely in there. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I posted I that like that three days ago. No, one percent well, better every day. Then we're we're already channeling on the same wavelength. Then I mean, we could do this all night, dude. Probably could. It would help. If we had some beers. I'm getting thirsty. I was about to say, I'm getting thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I already knew where you were going with that. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Uh, well, you said, I think that I remember, kind of remember the quote. It's like, not if you don't measure it. It's oh, like yeah, measure. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what you're looking for is guy, uh, Peter Drucker. He was a, uh, uh, rather famous professor of, uh, management. And, um, he said, uh, what gets measured gets managed. So the idea being like, if you're in business, uh, of any kind, that's like sort of what you have to like step one is measuring what's going on, whatever it is. You know, how much money are we making? How many expenses do we have? You know, all these different kinds of things you would want to measure. If you're talking about like a, a website or a web app, like how many visitors do we have? How many of them click through on this little button when we put it up there? How many of them sign up for this form to convert to this offer? You know, things like that. Yeah. Sa- Anal- analytics. Sales, this gets tracked all the time. Like, okay, I made 10 sales calls. I left four voicemails and I got one call back. You know, you want to know what your sort of batting average is on all those things. And we already went over sports. You see this happen all over the place. You know, like what are NFL quarterbacks measured on? All their performance, right? It's all the, it's all those things that get measured. And I think the sort of the takeaway is to say the more you can measure it, 
the better you can manage it and improve it. And now we now we have the means to do that with computers and technology and the HQ yeah. app. Like, make your journal work for you. Woo! Not a bad one. Not a bad you one. You know what I'm saying? Put the journal to work. Like, yeah, it's great. But, like, let's turn the scrawling and the recording into, like, you know, data and results. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a means to compile and to crunch it all into something uh, a usable, consumable, make you better morsel. That's one of the better parts about digital is that it will do that like number crunching for you. Yeah. So as an example, like when I was telling you, I did my 2000th you know, workout set today. How do mm-hmm. I know that? Did I add them all up one by one in a book? No, I used an electronic thing that did it for me. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, exactly. So it's an external brain, you know, arguably for some people, more powerful brain. But I'll let people speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's good. That's good. What we got here? I don't know. What is that? You know what this is. Oh, it's training my time. Okay. You, you weren't giving me the, the typical one. Come on. I'm looking for the dun 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 Rocky Four. Oh, that's. It's so good. It's this is with in, Drago. Yeah, it's the one in Russia. He's in like Siberia and stuff. Oh, yeah, I know that one. So, T. Goss, I wish you well. I wish you the best. Thank you, sir. Not even well, but the best uh, with the HQ. Appreciate that. Um, and you got October. You got a few more months. And a couple more months. I think underneath we'll the Christmas tree, we might be in HQ. Just in time for an existential uh, aid come the new year i think we're looking at uh, right around the first of the year so love it should be good 2022 is gonna be a good year yes indeed with hq in your life high quality i think drago runs like a like a, a non-athlete, uh, dude. I'm telling like you, he has, you, his, you gotta get has the, something in, inserted. Yeah, in we need places. like a Rocky one. Come on, dun 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 dun. Everybody knows this. This is like that's like that you know modern '80s sort of stuff. There we go. Okay, there we go. What was the year of Rocky one? Do you know? 1975. That's right. Excuse me, 75 or 76? I think it's yeah. It's one of those two. Yeah. All right, what's all right? I'll ask you one. So there's a famous poster. It's Rocky one. He's yeah. standing there. It's Rocky and uh, there's actually two versions of this poster. It's him standing on the uh, on like the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum. You know, I was born in Philly, so I lived a couple years up there. I've actually been to this art museum. So the steps up there. He's looking down uh, street there in the background, and there's a quote at the top of the movie poster. Do you know what that quote says? Uh, something about like a man what, uh, achieving your dream or something like that. You, you, you're warm. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's brilliantly done. The writing on this was so good. Which actually, I don't know if you know this, but he he actually he actually wrote that. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, wrote unbelievable. Produced, directed, starred. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable is right. So the unbelievable quote, quote says, "His whole life was a million to one shot." I remember it now. Yeah, that, that rings a bell for sure. Yeah, it's great. Great movie poster. It's classic. Also, like it's all uh, black and white. I need that. Right I was gonna say you're, you're, you're a little. Uh, I just don't don't. The studio is a work in progress. The studio needs some cool stuff like that. I'll have to get you that. I want that monkey with the earphones. <laughs> per favor. I hear you. I got I got I got that cool. Um, you know who loved that Rocky quote? Um, from basically it's like life. I punch hard, but life punches harder, and it's not whether yeah, you—it's yeah. not whether you get knocked. You got to get back up. It ain't about you how get hard you hit. hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Thank you. Very how much, much pain you can take and keep moving forward. That's on. how winning is done. That's how winning is done. I have that poster, but it's in the form of like a tin production. I got that one up here. <laughs> I'll have it up here when I have it up in the studio. One of these walls. Yep. I need a bigger studio. I think you're going to need one. I need to get fish in that fish tank. Anyway, Tree Guys, check out the HQ. Can people check it out now or not? 
yes, it's not you can. Not, you can go to, uh, it's not live, but you can sign up for the wait list, and that's uh, growing by the day. So Great. it's uh, uh, my hyphen hq dot co even if it's not growing by the way it's the process yeah. my hyphen hq dot co my hyphen hq dot co dot co so, co yeah. like congratulate or cohabitate or like dot com minus the end oh, golly I'm trying, <laughs> trying to riff <laughs> there it is brother all right i'm thirsty awesome let's do it all right brother t guys thank you bro enjoyed it yeah be a pillar.